What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 206 of the Justin Insight podcast, a show where we talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and their journey through it. As always, my name is Tim Bertbeck, and I am your host and guide through said podcast. And it's been a bloody good week over here. We've had the bank holiday weekend here in the UK, and I've had a bloody lovely time, seen lots of pals, lots of hangouts, went to my first drag show, which was fucking incredible. Shout out to Slaughterhouse Bristol, if anyone's interested. They're a little collective here in Bristol that when I'm going to see, yeah, bloody lovely time. If you can hear any sizzling in the background, my wonderful housemate is cooking me dinner right now, so life is good right now. Um, shows are back as well, as I mentioned, went to Bob Villain recently, going to see Dream Nails this week, so feels like life's a bit normal again, which is lovely. Um, I'm sure you're more than aware if you're listening to this podcast, but everybody has been banging on about the new Turnstile record this week, and rightly so, it's fucking phenomenal. But other records that I'd highly recommend, the new Chubby and the Gang record, uh, The Mutt's Nuts, I mean, it's just uh, Elevation from Speed Kills, which came out last year, and it's, again, just fucking brilliant. Um, New Filth Eternal record, really cool. New Ridgeway record, really cool. Um, so yeah, again, another week of really good releases out. This, So it just seems to be week on week on week that we're getting more and more really good music. Um, but in terms of good music, we've got a band that are returning and I cannot wait. Like I really, really genuinely hope that they come over here in the UK. Um, that brings me on to this week's guest. I am joined by drummer of Hardcore Legends with Honour, John Ross. We obviously talk about the band being so prolific in the early 2000s and being a staple of the US hardcore scene, playing with bands like Shy Halud, Sick of It All, Comeback Kid, but kind of how the they kind of all came to be in the band and almost wanting to be something different from at the time, wanting to have a bit more of a melodic edge. Uh, we talk about having their first hometown show in Connecticut being the support band to a puppet act, which is just bizarre. Um, how like the breaks kind of came to to an early stop for when they were originally banned in the early 2000s. And then obviously getting back together in the, the late 2000s for a few reunions. And now looking like they're going full steam ahead with remastering and re-releasing their debut record, festival shows announced, hometown shows announced, and exciting new music on the horizon. So yeah, please enjoy the chat I have with John. And I'll see you on the other side. So joining me this week on the Justin Insight podcast is drummer of Hardcore Legends with Honor, John Ross. John, thank you very much for, for joining me. I've got to be honest straight out of the bat. This is a bit surreal for me because I didn't think I'd ever have this conversation. But I guess welcome back is the best way to say <laughs> Thanks, man. It's uh, I wasn't sure if it was going to happen either. So, uh, you know, I'm happy as well. Happy and surprised, I guess. <laughs> well, obviously get on to like where you guys are at the moment and sort of how it came to be where, where we are. But obviously, I think the sort of dying question at the moment is kind of how are you guys feeling like, obviously, with the anticipation of, of your return and, and things like that? Um, well, I mean, it's kind of set up perfectly for us, um, you know, pure noise agreed to put out our you know our first full length and then uh 
and then they want to do another record and then we have you know uh, furnace fest right around the corner and then we have a couple other connecticut shows too so i mean it's kind of it's kind of perfect for us it's a good mm. set um so yeah i mean we're just excited to to, to jump back into it man <laughs> that's cool yeah. well as I said before I hit record, I always like to take my guests back to their, their roots and their origins, so to say. So what kind of got you into alternative music in the first place? Like, what was your first exposure to it? Just the hardcore music in general? or Well, just, just kind of anything that you consider kind of like alternative that kind of maybe led you on that path. All right. Well, I think probably <laughs> I remember being obsessed when I was really young with a monkey's tape. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Probably one of the first uh, musical things that I was interested in. I was really young at that time. And then, uh, you know, years later, I uh, I think one of the first records I ever got was um, Green Day Dookie. That was like the first. Nice. I think it was the first CD I ever bought. And then uh, and then Metallica. Metallica just took over my life after that, shortly after. And then I never looked back after that. I think I was in my, I think it was like 13 or 14. And Yeah, yeah. Me and my friend Greg, we just got really into Metallica. And then uh, someone invited me to my first hardcore show. Uh, it was like a local hardcore show. I mean, you wouldn't even recognize any of the bands. It was uh, <laughs> yeah. very obscure, but it was, uh, it was the first time I had ever seen hardcore dancing. I was like, what are those people doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, It's so funny to think back uh, before I knew what the heck that was. But uh, those are really my first, I think those are my first introductions. And then I went to see Metallica, of course. And then uh, I think one of the first hardcore shows I saw was maybe... I want to say Snapcase, maybe. Nice. And then after that, I just never looked back, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it beat the energy of hardcore and punk, man. Have you um have you listened to any of the like anniversary Metallica stuff that they they've been doing, like all these like weird remixes yeah. and stuff? Yeah, I did. I listened to a couple things. Some of it is awesome, you know. They just remastered a bunch of stuff, and some of it's kind of weird. But I haven't yeah. I haven't really dived in yet. <laughs> I I would recommend the Miley Cyrus cover if you get a chance to listen to it. It's oh, like, yeah. ridiculously was- good. Oh, <laughs> yeah i'll have to check that out there's no way that's not interesting <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so like in terms of like you being put onto that like i don't know did somebody like with the green day stuff for to start with and then kind of going into metallica yeah, was yeah. someone kind of like recommending them to you or did you just kind of find them on your own well you know what my cousin keith uh, he, he was always into uh, metal and stuff when I was a lot younger, you know, so I'd go into his bedroom and I'd see all the, the posters, I'd see Metallica posters and, you know, Guns N' Roses, all the 80s metal stuff too. And uh, so I think he was kind of, without even realizing it, he was probably a, a pretty big influence on me. He was always, mm. always listening to things like that. Fugazi, I think he was into and later on in his life too. So I kind of, you know, I would kind of watch what he was doing. I thought he was the coolest dude ever, you know, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of just, you know, paid attention to what he was doing and, I, he didn't even really try to get me into it per se. I just kind of got into it just by watching him, kind of, you know. That's what I mean? cool. <laughs> yeah. So then, like, from there, obviously, like you said, like, became kind of obsessed with Metallica, but then gradually kind of going into like the hardcore world. So, again, was, did somebody expose you to that? Or I don't know, was it just a, a natural progression that you kind of wanted to find something that wasn't straight up metal kind of thing? I think, I think, you know, the, the lines of metal and punk kind of like, you know, where, where they connect, that's where I mm. found myself. So, you know, I was into metal and, you know, I even got a dabble in the new metal scenario there for, for a little while. And then, but then I picked up a Slayer record actually, and it was, it had a bunch of covers on it from, I think it was like Verbal Assault and, uh, and Minor Threat. And I think the Stooges, sorry, it's been a while since I've listened to that record, but, uh, 
I loved the minor threat covers. And yeah. Like, this is really cool. And then we picked up the minor threat tape. That's how long ago this was. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I always say we, because it was me and my friend, Greg, who, uh, you know, he, he runs silver bullet studios. And oh yeah. 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 Runs for like over 30 years. And, uh, he's, I think he's probably going to record the new with honor stuff too. Oh, nice. So we grew up together and we kind of influenced each other. So we bought that minor threat tape and we just fell in love. And I think, that might have been actually the, one of the first things. And oddly enough, I think one of the second hardcore records I ever bought was a Vision of Disorder record. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I loved that record too. It was the one with the green drip on it. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then I got into Earth Crisis and Snapcase and Gorilla Biscuits. It was just, you know, after Minor Threat, it was just kind of a domino effect. We just started getting mm. everything together. There was um, a bit of a, a side note, just because you mentioned the Vision of Disorder album. Sure. There's, there's a label over here in the UK, uh, called uh, the coming strife okay and they released do you know the band rain rain of salvation i've heard the name i don't think I've yeah heard so they released their 12 inch but they did like a limited run okay. that was a bootleg of that vision of disorder thing but really? like for rain of salvation it was really fucking cool really that's interesting. yeah I'll, yeah i'll have to check into that yeah it was really cool that's awesome <laughs> i still love so you, you but go ahead yeah they were like I don't know. They were one of those bands. I still think they're like super underrated. Like I don't think people give them enough credit. Yeah, and when you listen back, listen back to those old records, they're they're really odd. They're different. You know, they're very mm. different from anything else that was going on at that time. I mean, they, you know, they put out a couple records that were so so, um, but those first like two or three releases they had were like very cool, very interesting. Yeah. So I'm guessing kind of like that when you were sort of like finding those bands, was it kind of like okay, this is it, I'm, I'm in now. And then did you just kind of like take a deep dive? Yeah, I mean, a real deep dive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm still in it, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, you know, I took a deep dive. And then, of course, you know, we got into actually playing music, too, around the same time we were getting really into Metallica. And then, you know, we just started playing. I, rem I remember uh, uh, my friend's dad bought us a drum kit, actually. Okay. Uh, but just out of the blue. It wasn't anything planned. He just bought one and he put it in his basement. And I just started playing it. And, you know, never looked back. I often mm. wonder what would have happened if he didn't buy the drum kit. <laughs> yeah. That allowed me to learn how to play drums. And I bought a bass and I learned how to play bass and, and then eventually guitar. And so, you know, once you get into playing music too, I was just, you know, completely enveloped in, in hardcore after that. Mm. Sure. You know what I mean? Fully so I guess kind of like from that then, like you, you say, like you were you kind of drawn to playing an instrument before that? Or was it just because like, that drum kit was there. So you thought, Oh, I'll give that a go kind of thing. <laughs> Funny story. I used to play air drums in my bedroom. I used to oh, have nice. a full pair of drumsticks and I would just air drum in my bedroom to Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, by the time I sat down behind a kit, I already kind of knew what I was doing. Mm. Degree, you know what I mean? Like I didn't, there wasn't that figuring it out period. I don't yeah, yeah. So I sat behind the kit and I kind of already knew what I was doing. And that's then, cool. You know, because there was such a lack of drummers, I ended up just drumming a lot and uh just getting better and better and better so um yeah so i think i would say there was an interest from basically from when i started listening to music I, I mm. to be involved in actually playing music i think it's cool that you managed to make that transition because i think i like to think i can air drum but i think if i got yeah. behind a kit i yeah. wouldn't be able to make the sounds i think i'd be able to sort of thing yeah i don't know i you know i just i didn't plan for it it just kind of happened so yeah <laughs> whatever works right <laughs> yeah and because obviously like you guys have from connecticut so have you have you always been in connecticut or did you grow up elsewhere 
Um, I spent most of my life in Connecticut. I lived in Boston for like a couple of years. Mm. Um, I know the, uh, the other, the other guys live most of their lives in Connecticut, I think. Uh, but now, you know, Jack's in Seattle and Todd's in Rhode Island and Jeff's kind of all over the place. But, uh, yeah, me personally, I've been in Connecticut for pretty much my whole life. Okay. The the reason I ask, because I always find it interesting, like what the like, sort of live scene was like when you were sort of growing up. And you mentioned like that very first hardcore show was maybe like loads of obscure bands, but then you mentioned you had bands like Snapcase come through. So yeah. was there a good live scene like when you were growing up? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I think, you know, I attribute a lot of it to um, to Hatebreed and, uh, and Jamie Josta. Um, you know, he was... You know, for a long time, he wasn't just in the biggest, one of the biggest bands in hardcore. He was actually fully in the hardcore scene in Connecticut. Mm. He booked so many shows. I mean, I remember I was in bands, you know, way before with Honor that uh, he was hooking us up with shows and, and you know, paying us money to play shows. And that's cool. You know, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Jamie, you know, he really did a lot for Connecticut hardcore. I mean, and that was like kind of during the peak of Hatebreed so on. Um, Things things were definitely amazing in in, uh, in Connecticut at that time for sure. That's cool. Was was there any like particular show that you can remember going to that was kind of like maybe like the light bulb moment of you like oh okay like this is what I want to do this is like something I can do kind of thing. That's a great question. I mean, there's so many so many shows that happen. It's hard to keep it all in mind. But <laughs> yeah. there, there was this place called uh, uh, CT Bike in uh, Bristol, Connecticut, and uh, I mean I saw just so many amazing shows there i mean it was you know it was just a it was a skate park in the upstairs of a bike shop and mm. and it was disgusting in there and it smelled awful <laughs> but i'll tell you man there were some of the best shows i've ever seen there um i'm trying to think back probably i remember seeing blood has been shed um back then and it was nice like, earth shattering and then there was another venue called the hanover house that's maybe more so where i saw a lot of the bands i, I remember seeing um shy halud and one king down at the Hanover nice. House, that, that was definitely one of the life-changing events because I would I would attribute Shy Halud to, you know, they were one of the bigger biggest reasons that I got into hardcore too. You know, yeah, they, they weren't just you know they had a lot of elements to them. They had like the cool melody to the to, to their you know their stuff, and but they also had like a smart and heartfelt intellectual vibe to them too. And that's what I always liked about hardcore mm. that side of it. Um, so yeah, you know what I would say, One King Down, Shy Halud. I think that was one of the best best shows that I ever seen. That got that's me cool. Really it, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So then, in terms of you kind of like playing music, as you said, like you kind of got behind that drum kit and then sort of learned bass and learned guitar and things like that. Yes. But in terms of your kind of like dabbling into actually like forming bands and things like that, what mm. would you kind of attribute like the first quote unquote proper band you were in? <laughs> oh, geez. Um... I guess I'll just keep going along with the theme. My, uh, <laughs> my buddy Greg that I keep referencing, uh, I keep referencing because he was very integral in the, you know, us getting into music. Yeah. Yeah. We started our first band and it was called the heart fades forever. Nice. <laughs> nice. During that time period where poison the well, Oh, I'm wearing poison the well shirt too. Oh, nice. <laughs> poison the well was big and, you know, Halud was, was pretty big too. And, you know, we kind of started, we actually sounded more like one King down. I think we thought we sounded like Halud, but you know, <laughs> all out war kind of, you know, so that was probably the first proper band. That's when we really started to try to take it seriously at that point. Mm. And then our bassist joined a band called uh, In Pieces. Uh, okay. I don't know if they're well known around here, but they're definitely well known in Connecticut. Um, and then and then uh, Hamardia was another Connecticut band that I filled in for a couple times. And then when Honor started after that. Okay, cool. So was kind of like, did you kind of do much with that first band or was it just sort of more kind of stuff in Connecticut? 
Yeah, we just we just played a few. Um, we played a lot of Connecticut shows actually, and you know we had a decent amount of popularity within our area. But really, the first time that you know I did a band that actually like I took seriously and went on tour was with Honor. Okay, cool. Yeah. So in terms of with Honor, like so for me, I was introduced to you guys um, off the. Um, blah, 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 I can't remember. No, it wasn't the first record. The second record was where I first kind of got into you guys. Is our revenge? Yes, yeah. Gotcha. Um, but like, I think like when I kind of found found that sound, like you were the first band that I was kind of exposed to that had that like melodic but still like really fast style of hardcore, and like sure. there was something that I hadn't really heard at at the time, and that's what kind of drew me to you guys. Sure. But when you first kind of started, was that the the goal was that what you wanted to sound like or did it kind of start as something else and then kind of evolve into what we heard um i think yeah it's tough it's kind of tough to quantify i remember you know i mean we were we always wanted to be melodic i know that mm. we wanted to be fast um but we kind of you know our first record harmonies everything was a different iteration of that you know it was, it was, yeah it was heavier and it had more you know tough guy sounding parts you know what i mean <laughs> yeah whereas this is our revenge we kind of took it in a different direction we kind of wanted to get away from the, the more, you know, tough guy kind of sound and mm. go towards, I don't know, we were really at that, at that time, we were really into like Shelter and uh, uh, Better Than a Thousand and um, Strike Anywhere uh, yeah. and Rise Against. We were all, I remember that's like, you know, we were listening to those, those records nonstop and we just kind of wanted, mm. we wanted to put out a record that kind of was like consistent all the way through. Um, so, you know, we, I think it was part of the plan for sure, but you know, mm. you know, it was a little loose too. Yeah. So, you, how did you guys kind of like all come to together? Was it just kind of like you all knew each other from the Connecticut scene, or were you like in other bands together beforehand? Yeah. So, um, you know, my my first that band that I just mentioned, Heart Fades Forever. We used to play with Hamardia all the time, and mm. a band called, and a band called Life in Your Way. Um, so, you know, eventually Heart Heart Fades Forever broke up. And Hamardia, they lost their drummer and their bassist. So I played bass for a little while. And then um, I think we, so, you know, I, I paired up with the guys in Hamardia eventually to make um, with honor. And then we couldn't find a singer. So we finally eventually asked Todd, who kind of sang in Life in a Way a little bit, but he decided he wanted to give it a shot. So we, you know, we we had him uh, put the uh, his vocals over the first EP and we were blown away. I mean, it sounded perfect. It was exactly what we needed. Um, so That's then, cool. And then Jack came from In Pieces. He was actually in In Pieces at the time on tour. And uh, I think he actually quit the band while he was on tour. Came oh, wow. <laughs> and, then joined, and then joined with Honor. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we definitely knew each other from all sorts of, you know, different shows that we played in Connecticut over the years. Mm. And before we kind of get onto like, the sort of the growth of the band, the thing that, like, I found quite interesting is that you were, like, a, a straight-edge band. that, But, like, so... At the time, my exposure of Straight Edge was kind of like, I, I knew obviously it was like embedded within hardcore, but like my exposure of it was kind of like the Orange County metalcore vibe. So like you're bleeding right. throughs and throwdowns. Sure. But then as I got older, like I discovered bands like Have Heart, like Champion. Sure. And then obviously like eventually you, you guys. And I was like, oh, okay, no, this is what, like my version of straight edge wants to be sort of thing <laughs> but like so i don't know like for you guys because like obviously it was a 
a big part of your message and still is, but like it wasn't like front and center like some bands. So I don't know. How did you guys kind of address it? And did you always want it to be something that was front and center or was that kind of forced into it? Yeah, I think I think when we first started, I mean, the idea was to start a straight edge band. Um, mm. I, remember, I remember having you know talks about it and stuff like that. Um, I think over time we kind of decided to to get a, not like we decided to distance ourselves from it, not because we were ashamed of it or anything like that, but because we didn't want to alienate anyone, alienate yeah. anyone from listening to the band or being included in, 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 you know, in our shows or what have you. So I think we kind of, you know, distance ourselves a little bit just, just so to be more inclusive, you know? Okay. And like, how are you, are you guys all still straight or if, if wave think, paths wavered? <laughs> I think, uh, let me think here. I think Jay is the only one that's still straight edge. Okay, cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> no. But like, I don't know. I think because of, it was of a time, like as I said, like the bands that I mentioned, mm-hmm. did you find that you, obviously, as you said, like you didn't want to alienate people, but did you find like a lot of people did gravitate towards you because of the, the straight edge part of it? I think so. I think so. Especially, especially like um, in the early days, because we did mm. make it a little bit more apparent, you know, we used to X up for shows and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, you know, there's even like a straight edge chant at the end of one of our songs on the first EP. Yeah. So at first, I mean, we were definitely trying to go for it, uh, uh, you know, a little bit more than we, we did, you know, further on. So I think people mm. definitely, they definitely caught that a little bit. It wasn't overwhelming or anything like that, but we, definitely, okay. you know, we had some, we definitely had a straight edge audience for sure. Mm. And then the other thing I always like to ask people is kind of their like first exposure of kind of getting out on the road and, and being on tour. And obviously you guys did some fucking insane tours like during your, your time. But that first kind of like jump on the road, I guess, like where you're kind of going out of Connecticut, going a bit further afield in the States. Yeah. What was your experience like that? Was it kind of did it live up to expectations? Was it a shit show? How was it? Well, I, I think the, the very first tour we ever did was just, I think we just did it by ourselves and we went, mm. we just went down to Florida and back and we okay. had, yeah, we had just booked, a, it was just a string of dates. I mean, I think it was like five, maybe five or six dates. And, uh, you know, some of the shows were cool and some of them were, uh, uh not so great, <laughs> but it didn't matter. You know, we had such a blast. It was so much fun just to go and travel, you know, and have a good time with each other and play shows. And I remember, I distinctly remember, I'll never forget actually going to Daytona beach and we played, I can't remember the venue exactly, but we just, we played a show and there was a bunch of kids that already knew our stuff down there. I was like, that's cool. Away. Yeah. I was shocked by it. We actually had sing-alongs and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, that, that was a lot of fun, you know? And then I think we hit the beach and had a blast and we came back. And, uh, I think right after that, we got offered the embrace today. Love is red tour. Oh, wow. And, yeah. That was, that was the first like real tour we ever did. Like mm. the, world, the first real booked tour that we had, that was like a full U S tour yeah yeah that was a blast too i mean that was our first exposure to touring with other bands and and being out for so long and man that was yeah that was incredible i mean some of those shows were just absolutely insane and i'll never forget the feeling that you know you you show up to this town and there's already a buzz about you know your band and there's Mm. a plane that people are going off and you're like wow this is crazy like people actually like this (laughs) yeah (laughs) and like obviously as i mentioned like you've done all these like incredible tours with like other like huge names in hardcore but i think it's kind of funny that you mentioned earlier like one of the bands that kind of almost 
was a stepping not as well not a stepping stone but like a footing in for you guys with Shai Halud and now they're good friends and peers of yours yeah, yeah. so I don't know like when you kind of started like doing shows with them and touring with them yeah. was it a bit weird because of where you'd come from or was it not kind of like an issue I mean to me it was incredible I mean mm. I remember I think I think we we played we played like a Connecticut show if I remember correctly we played a Connecticut show with Shai Halud it was like one of our release shows I think and uh, I remember just being so excited to share the stage with Shai Halud I felt like I had like reached the pinnacle of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was like incredible and that show was just amazing I mean it was you know we got to play and I got to watch Shai Halud and they killed it and the crowd was amazing um, so yeah I mean that was incredible and then we got I think we did a tour with them on the west coast it was uh one of the first string of dates where Chad actually came back to the band for a few, for a few. Oh, okay, cool. And that was just amazing. And then, you know, before I knew it, you know, we were making friends with, you know, Fox and Fletcher. I still talk to those guys to this day. Um, yeah, it was honestly surreal. Sometimes when I think about it now, it's still kind of surreal, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, there's such, I think over here, they're kind of like a bit of a Marmite band. I don't, do you know what I mean by that phrase? No, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so so Marmite is like a uh, like a sandwich spread here, and yeah, like, yeah. their like their tagline is "You either love it or you hate it." Okay, yeah, yeah. But that's so you're going for. <laughs> yeah, so but like, so people kind of like they're either huge Sahelud fans or they can kind of give or take them. Right, right. But yeah. they announced like, I think I don't know if it was like a string of dates or if it was just like one London show. Yeah, there was meant to happen like obviously in 2020 and like sure. everyone was like super stoked for it really? my That's friends but my friends band were meant to be main support oh okay and like everyone was like yeah sick and then covid and everyone's oh, like oh it was just like proper proper right? <laughs> yeah so hopefully that's gonna get rearranged which would be really cool yeah i think they're working on something now i, I, I don't want to say too much i don't know how much of a secretive or whatever but they're definitely working on stuff yeah now, so but um like as i mentioned like so i kind of found you guys through this is our revenge and i think like correct me if i'm wrong but i think that was a lot of people's exposure to you guys yeah we had a broader you know state mm. for that one you know what i mean we yeah and everything. but like was there anything else that you can remember like during like the time of you guys sort of like from the first ep up until sort of like the the initial breakup was there a point in time that you remember where like you saw a change in like people like coming to your band and like giving you more no, maybe not exposure but like giving a shit and kind of paying attention to you guys at all uh pre this is our revenge well just kind of in general was there kind of like a point that you remember like oh shit like people give a fuck kind of thing <laughs> um honestly like things things really popped off from the very beginning for, for us which, oh, okay cool which i really felt i'm really grateful for because a lot of bands have to like really work hard to get their music out there um, but I think we just came up, I think we came up at the right time with the right sound and mm. people just like took to it right away, especially in Connecticut. I mean, I think we played one Connecticut show at the very beginning. That was kind of whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fun fact, it was at a college and uh, a puppet show actually headlined over us. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I don't remember the circumstances, but that definitely happened. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, we, you know, we played a second Connecticut show um, and it was amazing right off the bat and then every connecticut show we played after that was great um 
And yeah, yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, when we toured the country, it was hit or miss. I mean, you mm. know, we played the West Coast and there were some great shows out there. Middle America, there was, you know, not so much interest. We'd go down south, we'd have interest there too. So it was always kind of spotty, you know. Yeah. But, you know, overall, I think, you know, honestly, people kind of took to us uh, the whole way through. And then when we put out Heart Means Everything, I think people really, you know, it really enforced that. I mean, a, mm. lot, of, a lot of people started coming out after that. Um, and then, you know, we put out This Is Our, Our Revenge, and I think that it was a little bit different of a sound. So, you know, people still came out, but they were definitely a little like, hmm, I'm not sure about this record, you know? Oh, okay, really? <laughs> but people, you know, over the over time, people came around to it, and I think a lot of people actually prefer that record now. Yeah. I was going to say, because, like, for me, like, that was... <clears throat> obviously, I kind of, like... As I said, that was the the record I discovered, and then I kind of went back to Heart Means Everything. Yeah, it's funny and... how, how things shift, you know what I mean? Some people, it's, like, the only thing that people know. Yeah. yeah it's it's odd now <laughs> and like for me like that was like a staple like that like that record and like the what counts demo and yeah. things we carry for have heart like those right, like, right. three were like just on constant rotation when i was like at, at university and stuff like that and because like I, I fell in love with like that melodic sound sure yeah so I, what's that i don't know because like obviously I wasn't in the States at that time, but like, right. was that quite a niche thing for you guys? Like was or were there kind of more bands kind of starting to gravitate towards that sound? I think, yeah, at that time there was quite a few melodic hardcore bands. Um, yeah. Have heart, of course, you know, after have heart started too, I mean, they, mm. a whole generation of hardcore bands. Um, you know, I don't know if you'd count them in the same category, but like the defeaters of the world and the modern. Language yeah. Too, they kind of took it in a little bit of a different direction little darker um but you know there was a, there was a lot of bands out there that were kind of um melodic along those lines for sure yeah i think that mm. was a big thing for a while there yeah that's cool yeah. and i'd be remiss if i didn't bring it up but obviously this is our revenge was released through victory victory yes. has has a wonderful history as we yeah. all know <laughs> um but were you kind of affected by that or was it kind of did you kind of keep at arm's length kind of thing um, I, I don't think, yeah, I don't, I don't think we got bitten by the, the victory bug or that other band. <laughs> I think, I, th you know, when I look back, I think that things were, were pretty fair. I mean, they put, they did put a lot of money into the, to the release. I mean, you know, um, we were able to get Brian McTernan to work on it, you know, to produce mm. it. And, you know, he, at that time he was at the peak of his success. So, I mean, you know, that was not cheap and, you know, they put a lot of money into, I mean, we had commercials all over the place. We had magazine ads everywhere. Um, you know, I don't think that we, I think they were very fair with us, to be honest with you. Um, that's my perception of it. If yeah, yeah. If I was in the band, I'm not sure what they'd say, but that's my perception of it. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Like, I think it was quite, so I, um, I think it was early this year. Time is like a weird thing. In the I know, yeah. Time is but, totally different now. <laughs> but I um, I interviewed uh, Dan from Atreyu, and I kind of thought, because they were a later victory band, like, yeah they wouldn't have necessarily have had all of that but he was just like nah fuck tony victory i was like oh yeah. <laughs> so, like, i think i think the bands surprised. that had, like that really took off and got really big i think those are the ones who took the brunt of the of the, whatever victory was doing <laughs> yeah yeah they, they took the brunt of it we never like made like you know a lot of money you know we didn't sell like that many records you know what i mean yeah so i think we were kind of unaffected by it kind of flew under the radar a little bit but mm. i mean i'm sure I'm sure things happen that <laughs> you know, we wouldn't want to talk about. <laughs> and because, like, so obviously, like, 
obviously you had the two records, you had the EP, you had a split, but then I think like your time was cut way too short in my personal opinion. Obviously, I know you came back for a little bit and then we've had the, the break up until now. Yes. But I don't know, because obviously like you guys did seem to hit it like really hard straight off the bat. Like obviously, I think like what, it was two records out within two years? I think, yeah, maybe two, two and a half years, I want to say. Yeah, and then obviously you're like constantly touring. Yeah. So was that like initial breakup just to kind of like, we're, we're just flat out exhausted or did you guys just kind of feel like it came to a natural conclusion? Like what was the kind of reasoning behind it? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think I think it was cut a little short. I, I think that, um, honestly, we were young. We were young mm. kids and I think that we, you know, we, we worked really hard on This Is Our Revenge. And, um, you know, the initial reaction to This Is Our Revenge wasn't, you know, it wasn't totally what we were looking for. I mean, some people liked it for sure. But the initial reaction was, you know, not ideal. And I think that, you know, it affected us for sure. I think mm. we were, it was one of the first times that like, you know, like I said, when we started, we, we would just, you know, people took to us right away. And I felt, yeah. felt lucky about that. But honestly, when we put out This Is Our Revenge, that was one of the first times that people started to like, you know not like it not like oh okay and um i know it's funny to think about now because now i think it's like you know a staple and some people (laughs) it holds up better than the old records to some people now it's funny how things turn over and change Mm. but um you know at the time i think we took it hard we took it hard and um you know there was a little bit of inner inner turmoil in the band and so yeah i think we we did end early i wish we had kind of persevered through it and just put out more records after that because you know, we saw years later when we played reunion shows, people actually came around to this as our revenge even more than the old stuff. Mm. But we just kept going. I think we would have been fine. Um, but yeah, that's yeah, that's that's kind of what happened there. I would say we were just so, young and inexperienced. So what was it? Kind of like you were seeing like a decline in in attendance of shows, or was it kind of people like actively saying like, "Nah, I'm not really into this kind of thing." I think, yeah, I mean, there was, you know, there was a lot of internet trash talk then, back then, as there is. Oh, now. wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was some of that, and uh, I think, you know, some of the shows weren't quite as good, especially when Todd quit and um, Kevin joined. Mm. Uh, things things definitely started to take a weird turn at that point, and I think we all kind of knew it was, we were nearing the end at that point, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, and that's when we broke up, and then, you know, we, we reconnected years later, and things were much better. You know, but we, yeah. still, we still couldn't get it together from new material or anything like that. We just kind of did the reunion shows and that was it. But yeah, I mean, this all kind of started because I, you know, all this new stuff that's happening now is because I wanted the new records or the old records to sound better than, than they do. And yeah. then, oh, that just kind of spiraled into something. And now we're, you know, putting out new records all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't expect it to happen, but it's happening now. So whatever. Well, I'll take that's it. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. So then, like, in terms of those, like, initial, like, reunion shows, it was, like, 2008, 2009, am I right? I think 2010 was one of them, I think. I'd have yeah. To, I'm, my memory's shot. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to go look back, but I want to maybe 2008, 2010. Yeah. But was it, like, I don't know, was it a case of enough time had passed, or did you guys just kind of get the itch again? Like, how did those kind of initial sort of reunions come about? I think, uh, I think honestly, everybody missed it. I mean, mm. you know, to go from, you know, touring and playing shows where people are, you know, enjoying your music and you have an opportunity to go out there and, you know, be creative or whatever and have people react to it. I mean, you miss that, you know, you definitely miss that feeling for sure. So I think that's kind of where everyone was. And, you know, I tried to, I tried to get everyone going to do new stuff at that, at those times for both reunions, but I think people were just kind of busy doing other things in their lives at that time. So it, it just never took. Mm. Uh, 
So what was it? Was it a case of kind of just like clashing of schedules and, and things like that? Or maybe I don't want to obviously put words in your mouth, but like people maybe weren't necessarily up for doing it like full time again, that kind of vibe. Yeah, I think like one at one point we had an opportunity to play Sound and Fury and somebody couldn't do it or something. And it just kind of took the wind out of our sails kind of deal. And then we just mm. kind of, we just kind of lost interest again and, and lost, you know, just lost contact with each other for a little while, you know. So yeah. nothing happened like terrible that like stopped it from happening. It just kind of like, you know, something would something small would happen and take the wind out of our sails. And we would just stop dead in our tracks kind of thing, kind of thing. Yeah. So. so then in terms of kind of like if we take away like those initial reunions if we say from like the initial breakup to kind of now yep. what have you been doing to kind of like pass the time like have you been in other bands like what sort of other like creative projects have you been part of yeah so um i was in a band another connecticut band called hostage com for a little over a year oh shit i didn't realize that yeah yeah for about a year and a half maybe something like hmm. that um, so that was fun. That was, you know, that was, that was a good time. We did a lot of cool stuff in that band. Um, and then I eventually quit um, after after about a year and a half. And then um, I didn't do anything for a little while. And then I started my own band because I wanted to just do stuff again, you know. So I started a band called Lift. It's kind of like a 90s style hardcore band. Um, we haven't done a ton of stuff. We put out like two EPs and um, we're working on a full length now. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's really it for me anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, were you? Did you do any of the UK hostage calm stuff? Yeah, we did. Um, I'm trying to think now. I'm trying to think back. We toured with. Uh, oh, geez, why can't I think of that? We did a we did a German German tour actually with yeah uh, anti flag, which was a bla- which was a blast, and then we did a UK tour with. Uh, oh, geez, why can't I think of the name of the band? I see. I'm completely blanking now, but I no, I definitely went to the show. I am, I am the avalanche. <laughs> that was yeah yeah because so. Because um, you played in Kingston, where is like where I went to, where I yeah. went to uni, yep. and like I and the Avalanche have like a really good yes. like connection with Banquet Records, yep. and so yeah, I was, I was at that show. So there we go. Yeah, it's you were wild. Nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun time. I remember uh, we had a lot of fun in that band, man. Like I had, there was so many fun experiences and tours. I'm so glad that I did it. Um, I wasn't mm. for long, but I'm I'm glad that I did that's cool yeah did you find that quite like different because obviously uh, were you drumming in in hostage Gun? yes yes I yeah was. Yep. so did you find it quite like a bit of a challenge because obviously it's a completely different style like it's still like in the punk realm but it's a yeah. completely different style so how yeah, did you find you know, that it was it was actually really challenging but you know i really i enjoyed the challenge man it was it was cool to learn all these different styles and stuff like that you know i mean the the hostage com self-titled record i mean that record is all over the place <laughs> in, <laughs> yeah. in, in, a, in a really cool way you know what i mean and, and i had to learn all these crazy beats and uh stuff that i'd never done before and then and then i was on i drummed on the record um please remain calm mm. that had a whole bunch of different stuff like you know I'd, tempos and time changes that i'd never you know tackled before so it was honestly awesome and it helped me grow and develop as a, as a drummer and, and musician, I would say a lot. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. So how come you like stepped away? Um, I think that it just, honestly, I met a girl oh, <laughs> no, that's fair. and we got, we ended up getting married and having a kid and everything like that. So I think I kind of just, I met, I met my, my wife or the girl who would become my wife and I yeah. kind of knew that was the one. So, 
I didn't want to mess it up. I stayed no, in that's it. cool. I stayed in it for a little while longer, and then I was like, all right, guys, like, you know, I got to, I got to. I gotta step away from this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's like completely fair, and I like I I think many people have been in a, yeah. a similar situation to that. So that's that's very cool, and I'm yeah, glad everything worked out. It turned out to be the wise choice because I think Hassan <laughs> broke up like maybe a year and a half later or something like that. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so it was the it was the way to go. <laughs> so then, if we kind of fast forward to to near where we are now, sure. So obviously, I think. That, the first kind of like public announcement, correct again, correct me if I'm wrong, that you guys were getting back together was when Furnace Fest was initially announced for last year. Is that correct? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. 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 So was where did the initial conversation start, like about you guys maybe getting back together? Was it did a did the Furnace Fest offer come in and then you talk about it? Were talks going on before that? Where did it all kind of start from? Okay, so I think it's tough to remember now, but I think, I think I was already trying to work on getting Hartman's Everything remastered and remixed. And all. Oh, okay. So I think I had been kind of talking to everyone about it, anyways. Mm. And then I think, yeah, we saw that Furnace Fest made some announcements and things like that, and we're like, ooh, like we should reach out to them and see see what the deal is. That'd be awesome to play that, you know. So I think Todd had a connection to one of the guys at Furnace Fest, and he reached out, and they were immediately interested, and so. We just worked out a deal right away. <laughs> and that's that, cool. That's his history, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think we were already kind of talking about things a little bit. And then Furnace Fest, I think, is a big deal as to why we're doing more stuff, I think. Mm. So, like, in in terms of that, as you say, like, you wanting to get, like, Harmony's Everything remastered kind of thing. Yes. I don't want to say, like, you're the glue that's put everything back together, but <laughs> were, were you kind of, like, reaching out and being like, hey, guys would you be interested if I did this or like how did, cause I don't know, like I know that there's been projects in the past where they've maybe like done a re-release and stuff where, but it's only like one or two original members have been part of it. So right, right. was it a big part of you that you wanted to make sure everyone was on board? Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, there's really no reason to do anything without the original guys. You know, that mm. was, that was the crew. I mean, it was all original except for Todd. That was the only one. Um, who had left the band at one point and we toured with yeah. everyone else. Had, and it was weird. It was super weird. You know? like <laughs> yeah. it, it just shouldn't have happened probably. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I, I definitely wanted everyone on board and I, and I had been trying to get this together for, for years, you know, I, was, okay. I wanted to do more stuff and this time it finally took, you know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> um, of course then 2020 happened, you know, as well. I mean, there was, there was talks about it, you know, before 2020, obviously. Yeah. But, but you know, everyone's still on board and uh, yeah. I'm really glad that I kept pushing for it because now we're doing some fun stuff. <laughs> That's cool. So just in terms of like that sort of 2020 sort of situation, because I think obviously a lot of like, obviously you're an active band again now, but like in terms of like newer bands and bands that were like actively touring at the time when COVID hit, it was just sort of like a, what the fuck do we do now kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But for you guys, obviously you hadn't officially come back yet. You'd made the announcement, but there was no, like, we didn't know about the record. We didn't know about like the other shows and so on and so forth. So how did you guys kind of like change and reassess or was it just literally like, okay, we're hitting the pause button and we'll continue this conversation again when things look a bit brighter. Yeah. I think it was kind of an immediate pause i mean mm. you know it was pretty clear that no shows were going to be happening for something you know and i remember like right when it first hit it was kind of unclear 
And then, you know, as, as the months went by, it became pretty clear that this was going to be some time. And so, you know, we, we had already started to book the Connecticut shows that we had. Obviously, Furnace Fest was, you know, postponed. Um, and we just kind of paused everything. I, I continued to work on, like, um, it, it actually gave me more time to work on the Heart Means Everything stuff and mm. on all the other stuff that we're announcing now. So it actually yeah. gives us a little bit more time. So we're actually more <laughs> prepared this time now so it almost kind of worked out to our benefit in a little that's cool kind of but yeah it was definitely just a, a, a hard pause on all the show stuff for sure. yeah yeah and in terms of like heart means everything like because i didn't really i knew obviously it was recorded with kurt blue initially but i didn't realize like it was like one of like his earlier things it's, yeah yeah so is, has he been involved in 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 this side of things now or not so much um, as far as the the, re- as it, as the remastering, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I reached out to Kurt just to see if he would be interested in kind of taking another whack at it because, yeah, I think it mentions in a lot of the news releases that that was it was the first record that he had done in his new yeah. Career. So I think he just didn't, you know, he hadn't quite, you know, had it down to a science in this particular mm. studio. So. He actually jumped right at it. He was like, you know what? I would love, I would love a chance to to kind of re, you know, look at this again and, and kind of redo it. Um, so and he did it for free. Oh <laughs> wow, did, that's incredible. He did it free of charge, and then we had a remaster too. And um, it, yeah, it sounds so much better. I'm so grateful. Yeah, to Kurt, I think he did a great job. So, and I think it's interesting because, like, I know obviously he does do other stuff, but like, you associate Kerbaloo with a certain sound. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like you guys like don't fit that sound so it's really interesting to see his take of it which yeah. i think is really cool yeah i agree yeah he definitely put his own little spin on on the production for sure definitely mm. yeah. a, a weird culmination of worlds right <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah and then just in terms of like the the announcement of firstly i guess furnace fest and then yeah. lastly the record yeah. but what was like from an from an insider looking out what was the reaction like because i guess like Obviously, it's been another sort of ten or so years since that initial reunion. Right. So I don't know. Were you a little bit tentative of like, were people going to care? Like, do people even remember us? Like, and yeah. like hardcore now is such like, it's so healthy and so thriving. Yeah. So yeah. like, and I, and I don't mean this to like be horrible, but like, is it going to be a case of like, oh, do people like? care about the older band kind of thing so what what's the reaction kind of been like yeah i mean we definitely had that that concern to some degree i mean obviously the hardcore scene has exploded in some ways Mm. um, bigger than it ever was in in a lot of ways so we're like okay well you know we could go down that road or people might not care at all for i mean we definitely had that concern on some level but honestly i mean we made the announcement what last week and um it's been amazing man people have been so thrilled about it you know uh nothing but kind words i haven't seen a negative word or i've seen a couple but nothing, nothing <laughs> well you know lamb goat you know there's always the negative oh fuck lamb goat. lamb goat but uh overall honestly uh it's been amazing it seems like uh pure noise is, is really happy with the pre-orders and stuff like that so i mean you know <laughs> yeah. definitely a, a sigh of relief but yeah people seem to still you know remember that record and that's cool so yeah definitely and obviously, like we've kind of touched upon the previous relationships with Victory, and obviously, I know the, I kind, of, I kind of skipped over a little bit, but obviously, you mentioned Jamie Jaster being a big thing of Connecticut, and obviously, he was a big part of that of Heart Means Everything coming out the first time round. Yes. Um, but now, obviously, now the relationship with Pure Noise. So, how did that kind of come about? 
Um, yeah, you know, I reached out to Jamie early on just to see if he'd be okay with it. And, you know, he seemed, he, he was fine with it. And so we just kind of pulled the trigger on everything. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't even think stillborn exists anymore. It's not mm. a thing. So I, I think he was just cool. I mean, right now he's on tour with Megadeth. So <laughs> <laughs> he's, you know, he's doing the bigger, bigger and better things. Yeah. <laughs> but like, in terms of like, I guess, him kind of being involved in the first place again yes. that kind of like the the sort of peer kind of relationship like similar to what you've got with shy halud like as you say you yep. were going to all these shows that he was putting on and then he's putting out your band yeah yeah that was pretty surreal was, <laughs> yeah i was gonna say was it quite a big deal or was it just oh it's just jamie kind of thing no i mean that was a huge deal back back in the day and you know um he, he was really he, he was really good to us man he, he did a lot for our band he he you know, used his muscles to, to get us on a lot of, a lot of tours and a lot of shows that we wanted to get on. And I think that put us in a different, you know, a different position than a lot of bands that had just started. He mm. really, really did a lot for us. He pulled a lot of strings. I remember specifically the, um, as lay dying sworn enemy Himsa tour. Yeah. That, that was the tour that a lot of bands really wanted to get on. And somehow Jamie got us on there. And, that's cool uh, i mean oddly enough that was one of the biggest tours we ever did i mean we did we did great on that tour it was one of the best tours we ever did so um yeah jamie he did a lot for us he helped us buy a tour van i remember at one point i mean yeah i don't uh, i don't have any negative words about jamie he, he did yeah, some, yeah and jay reason as well jay reason was uh we dealt with jay more so than jamie he was kind of his right hand man and, yeah uh, he did so much both of those guys did so much i have nothing but great things to say about both of them that's cool yeah um and if we kind of look to the future a little bit, you've kind of said a little bit that you've kind of are looking at new new music and other things. I'm going to be bold and ask for what I want and sure. see if it's going to happen. Sure. Is this Zara Revenge coming out on vinyl? <laughs> okay, so it's been it's been discussed. We've we've talked about it. Um, it's just kind of a matter of working out the details with, you know, because it's obviously, it belongs to Victory yeah. this time. So, you know, there's a chance we could get it, but we'll see. It's kind of a wait and see kind of situation. So, but it has been discussed. Um, it's, I definitely want to give that the Heart Means Everything treatment, like, you know, yeah, give it a new mix and master and, and re-release that too. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's still up. That's there. cool. Yeah. <laughs> and in terms of like newer stuff, like how, is, how have you kind of been like, doing stuff at the moment because obviously again with covid and everything like have you guys been able to get in a room and, and stuff at the moment or are you still kind of tentative about that yeah so during you know towards the tail end of the pandemic um you know at the end of the winter time we were kind of going back and forth um with songs and ideas mm. uh, you know i would just record demos on garage band or whatever and um you know, so we've been going back and forth with those. We actually recorded one full demo with vocals and uh, it sounds great. Todd sounds awesome. Um, but we've only actually been up in the practice space together one time so far. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. Okay. Yeah. But uh, we're actually going to have our first full band practice with everybody there this weekend. So awesome. Uh, That's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> we're going to have to really practice a lot before Furnace Fest, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> and we got a lot to work on, you know, with the new material too, but we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. And what's the kind of plan? Are you looking to do like another, a new full length? Are you looking to an EP or is it still conversations up in the air at the moment? No, we want to, we want to do a full length um, of all new material. So um, awesome. Yeah. And I think we're, we're planning loosely planning to record in November 
Um, we've got like a whole bunch of tracks, so we're just trying to kind of narrow it down to the best tracks and we're still writing some more and, um, you know, Todd, I know Todd's still working on it too. So, I'm, uh, you know, we're still trying to figure things out, piece it together, but you know, mm. it's definitely a full length for sure. That's cool. And just because I, you said, obviously like with this is our revenge, you went to Brian and it was kind of like, I think it's got that like archetypal Brian sound of like what he yes. was like so good at. So are you, are you looking to go back to him or, or again, is that a conversation that hasn't really been had yet? Um, yeah, I think, I think we're actually going to go with, um, we've gone full circle. My, my pal Greg at Silver Bullet Studios. Oh, sick. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I think he's going to be the one, uh, he's always wanted to record with honor from the very, from the very beginning. Um, he just didn't have a studio when we were around and, uh, shortly towards the end, he recorded the other band ambitions. Um, mm. yeah, we didn't even talk about ambitions. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> ambitions was a big deal right after with honor. We all like, you know, three, me and the Oz brothers did ambitions right after and mm. Greg recorded all, all that material. And then he's always wanted to do with honor. So now's the time to do it. <laughs> That's cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yep, yep. And in terms of like, obviously you're doing fairness fest, you're doing those two Connecticut shows in terms of like touring and stuff, obviously you've said like you've got a wife and kid and things like that. Obviously everyone's a bit older. Life is a, is a thing that people do <laughs> like i don't know like i'm not saying are you going to go full-time are you going to be doing extensive tours but like realistically what are you guys hoping and looking to do well i think that you know we'll definitely be open to hearing out what kind of tours are available if they are you know if, if you know if we got offered some amazing tour in the states i mean we might consider it um it really depends it's kind of it's kind of tricky it's touch and go i would say mm. <laughs> like because you know like you said we all have jobs and and houses and you know kids and stuff like that not all of us but you know most of us and uh it makes it tricky to to take the time off from work and all that stuff and our families and things like that so i mean i could picture us doing you know like maybe you know a few spot shows and maybe some festivals and and uh you know if we if we had an offer to go to japan or australia or something like that i mean yeah i'm sure we'd find a way to do it you know what i mean one way or the other but uh you know it's not going to be anything like it was back in the day i, mean, <laughs> yeah. I think 2004 we spent like most of the year on the road you know when you're yeah young, when you're young uh, it's easy but uh not nowadays yeah it's a little trickier but yeah <laughs> we're definitely open we're open to hear what what's you know what we get offered and we'll definitely consider things as they come i guess that's cool yeah. And John, before I kind of let you go, how I like to round things off is to ask my guests what their favorite song is, but with a bit of a twist. But I'm going to kind of take this even more different than I usually do because you guys haven't played a show in so long. Sure. So we'll go with your favorite with an, on a song that you used to play live and you loved and mm. what one you're most looking forward to playing live again. Hmm. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Well, I, you know, it's, usually your favorite songs are the ones that go over the best with the crowd, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, you know, like trumpets, bridges and gaps, those two are yeah. the, 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 the crowd pleasers. Um, so those are the most fun, but I guess personally, you know, a more obscure track was a, a perfect stance. I mean, that song is just a blast to drum, man. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's not quite as popular with the fans, but you know, <laughs> but it's a lot of fun to, to play. And is there one particular one that you're kind of looking forward to when you come back that you think will, will pop off yeah um what was it uh gun for hire actually i'm really excited to play that song that's a lot of fun. that's cool yeah awesome yeah i think like 
as you say, like a fan favorite, like trumpets. I think. Yeah. It's if if yeah. you guys come back over here, you will see me stage dive to that yeah. song. So. <laughs> I'll be looking for you. <laughs> Perfect, John. Thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate it. As I yeah. said, like, it's, pardon the pun, but it is an absolute honor to to chat to you. And I do hope you guys get to come over here again because it'll be oh, really sick yeah, to see be, you guys. That'd be really cool, man. That'd be awesome. Thanks so much for having me, man. I really appreciate it. No, no worries. Take care, my friend. You too, man. Take care. So there we have it, folks. Again, a huge thank you to John for taking some time out of his day and having a little chat with me. Um, as John kind of teased at the end of, of the conversation, there is going to be new music coming from With Honor. When and where that happens, we're not quite sure. I'm, As I mentioned in the chat as well, I'm hoping for a record release of This Is Our Revenge. But it seems like they've got some really cool, exciting things coming up in the future. Um, as we're kind of heading into September now, we will be having our monthly playlist, so check it out on Spotify, which will go out on September 1st. But yeah, as always, you can keep up sort of with Honor, what they're doing on all their various social media platforms, which will be linked in the episode show notes. Um, but that's kind of it for me this week. I'm going to sign off there. Thank you again for joining me on the Justin Inside podcast, and I will see you soon. Mm-hmm.